Let's bow our head. What a lamb of a God that we serve, Lord. Lord, is this lamb of a God that is slain before the foundation of the world that His blood washed us clean, Lord, so that we can stand boldness. Let it come into here, Lord, at the sanctuary to worship You, Lord. Let no condemnation that in our heart, because not because we didn't do wrong, but it's because the blood of the Lamb has to wash us clean. So, Lord, I just pray You let the presence of a God. Uh, we already felt that uh, you are coming near, Lord, and uh, not just coming near, coming into us, Lord. Lord, uh, people bring their expectation here. People bring their need over here. They're not coming here to meet a man. They're coming here to meet the Son of Man, Lord. So we pray that the Son of Man, Lord, meet every need of the people. Speak to each heart. Save the sinners, Lord. Deliver those bound, Lord. Heal the sickness, Father. Oh God, we know you're the mighty working God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we're not just reading a message. We're not just listening to a message. Lord, we are living this message. Because we have this message has been coming into our life and become a reality to us. Lord, we thank you for the message that you send it to us. We thank you for the messenger that you send it to us. It's because this messenger brings this living word to us. It's not just the word on the shelf. It's not just a word and an invoice. But this is a word in the life form, Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Lord, as we come, try to open the word of God. Lord, only you can open the word of God. Without you open it, this is only a closed book. But Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit this morning reveal yourself again to us. Speak to each heart. Make yourself a reality to us, Father. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to a scripture. Let's turn to uh, the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 5. So today we only have one service. And you know what that means. I won't, I won't be long. Uh, I'll try to, uh, try to be just appropriate on time, uh, whatever that time is. Um, but I think we come here for one purpose. We come here to worship the Lord, to let the need of the people be met, so that God can speak to us. And we know God is a God that, that can speak. And He just have to let us to have the ear open so that we can hear His voice. And if you open up your heart, and I believe the Lord will speak to each one of us. Book of Mark chapter 5. Let's read from uh, verse 1. And they came over onto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, but because that he had been often bound with fetter and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetter broken in piece, pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, 
He ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, "What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not." For he said unto him, "Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit." And he asked him, "What is thy name?" And he answered, saying, "My name is Legion, for we are many." And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine fed, feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, "Send us into the swine that we may enter into them." And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting unclosed and his right man, right mind, and they were afraid. Let's turn uh, uh, to the uh, book of uh, Joel. It's in the Old Testament book of uh, Joel, just before Amos. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and a palmer worm, my great army, which I send among you. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. Today's a remembrance uh, uh, day, and um, also I think they called it a Veterans Day, and a lot of uh, um, ceremony and remembrance meetings is, is held, and so they're remembering the armistice uh, of the, the two uh, world war that's ceased. But you see, uh, the people there are expecting for peace, but unless the, the Prince of the Peace come, there's no peace. No matter how uh, well, um, the goodwill that the people are, but it has to take the Prince of Peace to bring real peace to this uh, earth. This earth has been soaked with the blood. Have so many violence of things that has happened, and um, by God's grace, we know that we're living in the last age. The Prince of the Peace is coming, and also uh, let us uh, remember Brother Hugh um, and all this, uh, all the rest of the sick that are among us. And uh, the other day, I was visiting Brother Hugh and some. Um, I told Brother Hugh, I said, Brother Hugh, as long as you're fighting, we're holding you up. <laughs> and I told him, I said, the Brother Hugh, unless the Lord reveal anything special to us, and we will believe the revelation on the page of the, of the gospel. And he said, by his stripes, you are healed. And uh, so we're continuing to holding our brother and the brother Ryan as well and the different the people. You know, there's so many needs that are among us. But we're not having a need without hope. We're having a need and the wizard of uh, uh, much, much, not hope, but faith to believe God is going to meet our need and on his time. Um, 
You know, the, um, Brother Branham said, uh, there was a, a one quote that it was always stuck with me, and he was speaking about that uh, the bride is um, invincible army when she um, recognizes who she is, what she stands for, and she can do the greater work. You know, a lot of time, but when we're reading the uh, message or the scripture, while we're reading it, sometimes it just become a quote or it's become a, uh, just a scripture to us. But unless God reveal that to us, and we cannot achieve what God uh, wants us to achieve. So I believe that the God in this age, whenever that He said a certain word, and that word is His meant for us to receive and to manifest it. It's not just for us to listening to it and uh, thinking that's a good service or a good quote, and God wants us to believe it and make it to work. And if you really believe the word of God, God's word is obligated, it has to move. No matter what condition, no matter what situation that we're facing. The word of God is a simple. It takes a simple faith that to believe the word of God and make the simple word of God become a such atomic power. And for the bride to recognize who she is on this earth, it seems like it's very, uh, almost like a paradox. And God determined, uh, God, um, want us to live this life to uh, such a way, if we just look at it on this earth, you find out some, there's so many opposition for the bride to live the life of Jesus Christ. And to the people, it's almost uh, uh, just uh, on this earth, the people almost the same like just try to survive. And even for the Christian world, you think that the people, all they are trying to do is only try to survive. But for the bride of Jesus Christ, it's not a problem, are we survive or not, or are we overcomer or not. And we need to be the victorious one. The word of God is not just to let us to be a survivor, just finally we can come out of this earth and go to heaven and uh, have a long release and say, you know, I made it. It's not that. God wants us to be the overcomer and be a victorious one. And that's why He gave us a message of this hour, is to let us to have this victorious life. And for the bride to recognize that she is an invincible army, and God gave us the life that is in us. You see, the life has to be manifested. And we believe we're the seed of a God. We're the gene of a God. But the gene or the attributes of a God, it must be manifested. If it is just in the gene form, if it is just in the attributes form, there has no, uh, there was no overcoming. What you overcoming to? Uh, what you overcoming for? It's only when you were put in this flesh, and that to manifest that gene that the Lord had laid it in us before the foundation of the world. And that spoke to the seed life of Jesus Christ. And that seed life has a power in it. That seed life uh, uh, has a, such a power that no matter what situation or condition in, it will break forth. If you let him to break it forth. So if God wants us to recognize that who we are, that he must have put us to a certain test so that we give the Word of God a chance to manifest the power of the Word of God. It's not trying to show how ability that we have, but it's to show what is the inside of the bride of Jesus Christ. 
It's not trying to show how powerful that we are. You know, how we can be faithful to attending the church. Or how uh, uh, we can, uh, you know, do this and do that. It's to show the word that we received. Because when we receive the word, the word itself has a life. We believe this word in this hour that the Lord revealed it to us. Got a life in itself. If we don't temper it, if we just let it to live for Himself. And if we want to live the, if we want to see the life to be manifested, and it has to be going through the darkness, just like the seed, it has to be planted and sowed into the soil, and it goes through the darkness, and goes through the rotten, goes through all this, um, the winter time, and then so that the seed can spread out, can uh, bud it, and the, uh, we know that the seed has the power to do it. But it takes a certain environment for this seed to manifest to himself. And Brother Bram said in the restoration of the bright, bright tree, he said, you see, uh, you say this is a sunflower seed. Plant it and say, and see what it is. Then it comes up a sunflower that settles it. It was a sunflower. He said, see, that's all. How do you know if this is a seed, is a sunflower seed if I is you have to plant it, uh, commit it into the earth, so that uh, the environment make it rotten and the moisture just make it uh, uh, the seeds are uh, rotted, and then the life on the inside of it will burst it out. And the seed, if you just uh, put every seed together, is almost have to take the professional to recognize what seed that is. But only for you to recognize who we are, for the bride to know we're the seed of God. The only way for us to know is to plant the seed into the earth. And then when they uh, start to grow up, sprout it, grow branches of the leaf, and then bear fruits, then we know what is planted in there. And if we are the seed of Jesus Christ, seed of God, it has to put us into this darkness, has to put us into trial, have to put us into the difficulty, because only those environments, and when we come to the time, and it was the trial was so great, the difficulty was so much, and the things that we couldn't even understand. It seems like there's no end to our trials. Only in that type of situation will manifest what is the seed that is in that person. So the seed must be planted. It's not only just molding our character. The character molding is when we recognize who we are. Then it's become a character molding. Without recognizing who we are, what you molding character for? You see, the tears and the weight, they all going through the same trials. The tears and the weight, they all going through the same darkness. They all going through the rottenness. But it's only manifest what is that in that seed. The tear is a tear, the weight is the weight. But the only thing manifest that you are the weight. You are not the tear. It's that you're going through the things. Then when you start to bear fruit, when you start to get in the dark, through the darkness, through the trial, then the fruit will manifest it. It's not just molding our character so that we are, you know, we are, we can be more strong, we can be more patient. It's to recognize who you are. Then the character molding started. Because when you recognize who you are, you can go through anything. Not to, to be, you are not, you are unmovable, nor unshakable, 
No matter who said what, no matter how many people leave, no matter how many people disbelieve, but you will not go that. Why? Because there's a seed in there has been manifested. You have recognized who you are. Otherwise, you only become just tolerated. Just try to be patient and run through that. You just blindly run through that. But when you recognize who you are, no matter who said what, no matter who do what, nothing going to move the pride of Jesus Christ. And God only can sow the seed. And then you know, God only sow a wheat. It's the devil is trying to sow the tares. And to recognize who you are is recognize who you belongs to. Our God, He is the original sower. And anything behind Him, try to sow anything uh, else, that is only the Satan is doing the work. So when God is sowing the seed, He's not going to sow any tares in there. He's absolutely going to sow the original seed. And if there's a bride of Jesus Christ, they're the one that belongs to the original sower. And when He sowed the seed, He only sowed the worst seed that in the bride of Jesus Christ. And that the bride will not believe anything else, but only believe the word that in that hour. That shows what character that we are. That shows what seed that we are made from, we're uh, coming from. Sorry. So in order to prove this seed, the seed has to be going to the earth. And then when the seed will start to manifest during the trial, during the difficulties, then it shows they're not just a wishy-washy believer. They're not just uh, uh, something that just try to survive that on this earth. But they're the bride of Jesus Christ and to believe every word of God. And will desire to line up with every word of God. And the brother Bram said in the seminar, uh, uh, Smyr- Smyrnian church age. He said that be thou faithful unto death. He does now say be faithful until death, but unto death. That was a big difference in there. He said, be faithful unto death. No matter what situation that you're in, be thou faithful. Believe in whatever the word of God has said. And you know, when we're preaching the message in this hour, we're actually preaching ourselves unto death. You're thinking about when we're preaching the word in this hour. Is there anything that in this world will agree with what we preached? Not one thing almost. We preached against the sin of the homosexual. You think the world will ever agree with us? We're actually preaching ourselves unto death. If they really know what we believe, we're preaching ourselves unto death. It's almost like a, yeah, and you not only we preach ourselves unto death, you believe yourself unto death. If you really believe what this message was taught to them about, you actually be faithful unto death. You actually believe the things that the people will finally in the world will persecute you. And that all the things that are geared up, the things that we believe, they will finally, eventually, people, if they know, I think they already know what we really believe. 
And that's why the persecution will be coming. And no matter what you try to do, you cannot avoid that. And the, the people, they know what you believe. And uh, they, will, they will despise you. They will rebuke you. You actually, you think that you don't go to the rock and rolls. You don't watch the movies. And um, you don't do all those things that the people in the world was doing. What are you doing? You are be faithful unto death. Because all those things, all the people that believed on this earth was totally contrary to what we believed. And the we're in the minority and they're in the majority. When they know what we believe, they will do anything, try to stop you. And Brother Bram said, you may have to seal your testimony with your blood. He said, thousands, yeah, millions have died during old age, old ages. They die in the faith, like Antipas, the faithful martyr. They held not their lives dear unto death. Often we think that it would be almost impossible to be a martyr. But dare to recall that the faith we daily use to triumph in Jesus Christ is the same faith that upholds the polycarps and all martyrs. And sometimes when we're thinking about how our testimony is going to compare with Polycar and all this uh, Irenaeus, all this uh, martyrs that in all those ages. But the prophet tells us, you have the same face that those martyrs have. They have their head chopped off. They are going to the, the Colosseum, was eaten by the lion and burned on the stake. But you said that, that face, that we have the same face that those people have, that's the prophet said. And then the face that he said is the daily, the face we daily use to triumph. In this age, maybe not is the face try to, uh, you know, just uh, uh, against or uh, resist the persecution or they're, uh, you know, facing your head being chopped off. But it's the same devil, the same devil in that age and the same spirit in this age. And the devil in that age tried to take the people's life and out of the misery right away. But this time, they put you into the misery. You live a life on this earth until you die. And it seems like the soft living, the pressure, and everything that on this earth, sometimes I wonder if the death is the a shorter cut, if the shortcut for us to leave this earth. You know, in this age, we're longing to be with Jesus. And sometimes I even think to myself, Lord, I really don't want to live on this earth. And to facing everything, to look at all the, the sickness, to look at the things that the people that do on this earth, to look at the, uh, all the, the evil things, the sin, and, and all kinds of things that we're facing, the pressure, and uh, the, uh, all, the, all the devil's evil tricks, sometimes... And even myself, I have to be honest, I wouldn't think, Lord, just take my life out of this. This world is just no, this world is just not my home. The more I live on this earth, the more I feel uncomfortable. The more I live on this earth, the more I feel this is not my home. I'm longing to go to my home. I'm so glad that the Lord prepared the home for us. And you think about this world that they will do everything they can. And they try to deaden your voice. And when you try to speak it against, and to the evil things, the sins that are on this earth, and to the people that are mocking you, they put pressure on you, 
They're making laws and try to, uh, what, what is that word? Outcast you? Not outcast you. But they try to make a law to eliminate you. And then they try to all the political movement. And, uh, but, uh, beyond that, all the condemnation that you're facing. The accusation that you're facing. And the def- the defamation that the people try to, uh, ruins your reputation. And all the worldliness, all the entertainment, all the laziness, and all everything that you're facing. You think that's as a one short, that's a, that's not a bit of a short from the face that those people in a martyr's time that they're facing. It's the same face that held them, that led them to go through those trials. It's the same face that is to go through the trials that we're facing every day. That is the face that the daily, that the prophet was talking about. Then he said that the supreme face will give supreme grace for the supreme hour. That is the supreme face that what we have. To face into the people's mocking, to face into the people, the world and the pressure, and to the depressed, and, and everything that the world will try to dump on you. That takes the supreme face to face that. And we're living in the supreme hour. Yes. And in the same message, Brother Brahma said in the Samaritan church age, he said, and now the Lord God Almighty says, I know. There is a walking in the midst of his people. While we're facing all of that, God said, I know. He know everything that we are going through. He know everything about this evil age. There's not a one trick the devil put it out without God knowing it. Before the iPhone 13 coming out, the Lord already know how many iPhones 14, 15 gonna come. He knows every device that a Satan tried to do. Does God stop that? He let it go. You know, sometimes when we see, I know, I know. You know, sometimes the people are going through, then we pat on our back, you know, I know what you're going through. But really, there's no power behind it. But when God said, I know, He got a power behind it. When we say, oh, I know what you're going through. The only thing maybe we can do is just try to comfort a little bit. And try to uh, emotionally maybe help them a little bit. But for God, when He said to you, He said, I know what you're going through. There are power behind His knowing. There's a supernatural power behind His knowing. No matter how hard you seems like, no matter seems like how strong the devil's attack is, seems like how impossible. There's no end to the trial, to the difficulty, and to the things of the devil that have put it on you. But when God said, "I know," there's a power behind it. He said, "There is a walking in the midst of His people. There He is, the chief shepherd of the flock." But does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? He said, no, he does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I'm not at all I-minded of all your suffering. And then the prophet said, what a stumbling block this is to so many people. You see, the Lord never stopped those things upon you. 
He'll still let you go through it. Why? Because the seed of God has to be manifested. And the only way for them to be manifest, they have to be planted into the earth in order for them to manifest what is in that seed. And to show the power of the seed of God. And he said, like Israel, they wonder if God really loves them. How can God be just and loving if He stand by and watch His people suffer? He said, that is what they ask in Malachi 1, 1 to 3. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet we say, wherein has thou loved us? Was now that Esau, Jacob's brother, says to the Lord, Yet I love Jacob, and I hate Esau, and laid his mountain, and his heritage waits for the dragon of the wilderness. You see, they could not figure it out, God's love. They thought that love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby with a parental care. Isn't that sometimes that's what we're thinking? Lord, if you love us, why you let me go through this? Lord, if you love us, as why it seems like, it's not like a sharp knife as it cut my head off. It seems like a dull knife, just like a saw, just to try to cut it, try to cut it. It doesn't cut it, but it hurt. And it seems that there's no end to it. Lord, if there's a healing, why you let me suffer so long? Lord, why my children, we've been praying for them. Why it seems that the situation never getting better, but it's getting worse. Lord, why we pray that uh, day after day, night after night, why it doesn't solve? You know what the Lord said? He said, I know. And He doesn't stop you to go through that. His love is not at a parental care. He said that they could not figure out God's love. He said, but God said that His love was the elective love. The proof of His love is the election. That no matter what happened, His love was proven truly by the fact that they were chosen unto salvation. Because God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. The election only shows the love of God. It's not that let you go through this without, a, uh, without, a, without a doing anything. He said, I know all of that. When God said, I know all of that, He said to you, I have a cure for that. All you need to do, just be patiently going through that and to know I am in all of that. My election has chosen you to be the bride of Jesus Christ. I've chosen you to be the seed to be manifested in this hour. No matter what happened, no matter what situation come, but I've chosen you. You are the elected of the one. By my election, nobody gonna take you out of my head. No trials gonna overcome you. No difficulty gonna move you. That is the election of a God. The seed has to be manifested. It has to be planted into the earth like that. So that the power of the seed can be showed off. And then he said, he may commit you to death as he did to Paul. He may commit you to suffering as he did to Job. That is his, uh, that is his uh, prerogative. He's a sovereign. But it is all with a purpose. If it did not have a purpose... Then he would be the author of frustration and not of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while, 
No suffering is eternity. No trial is eternity. No rebellious children is eternity. All of that, there's nothing. They have a time to start, it will have a time to end. All the things that you're going through have a time to start, and all the things that you're going through have a time to end. He said, if we have suffered a while, we will be made perfect. Perfection is not just when you're born. Perfection, it has to be made perfect. You have the, the perfect seed that is in you. But that perfect seed must have gone through the rough time. Must have gone through the trial. Must have gone through the difficulty. Must go through the darkness. Must go, must go through the mocking, the jeering, the slandering. Must have gone through all of that. So that he can make perfect. You have the perfect manifestation. To show what is in that seed. To be established. Strengthened. Unsettled. Then he said, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. He said, Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that he may be tried, and he shall have a tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown. Of life. When God lets people go through something, sometimes He lets you know what you're going to go through. And sometimes you can feel that. It seems like this thing is coming. And God said, but He said to those people in the Samaritan church age, He said, I fear none of those things. That it means I know all the things that will come upon you. But fear not. You know, whenever God said, fear not, we actually fear. Because usually he won't say that. When he said a fear not, that means something coming. But he said a fear none of those things that you're going to suffer. He said a Satan gonna put you in a prison. Satan put some into the prison of depression. Satan put some into the, dep- uh, the, the prison of the, uh, of the pressure. Or whatever the prison that you're in. He said, Satan will throw some of you into that. But he said, you will be, he said, he shall have a tribulation 10 days. That means it had a start, it has an end. He wouldn't let you go through for eternal. He said, every time the Lord used those words, fear not, there is an engagement in hand which involves a great danger and suffering. And deprivation. Now he does not say it in a blunt and curt manner. Tribulation is coming. Tribulation is coming. Oh, you're going to suffer. You know, suffering is coming. You know, the pressure is going to come. And this persecution is going to come. He's not saying that way. He said that that would frighten one. You know, sometimes we doing that. Oh my goodness, I'm going to suffer again. This trouble is coming on me again. All those things are going to happen to me again. Lord, I just come out of the mountaintop. I think it's the brother Donnie Regan said it at one time. He said it used to be, it seems like we're always on a mountaintop. But even now, the more we're going through, the more we're experiencing with the Lord, it seems that the more trials is coming. And we just come up to the t- mountaintop from the valley of the death. He said that we, we didn't even got a time to sneeze, and right away we're going down to the valley. It seems like we're just walking in the valley all the time. And God said, 
And, and he said, a tribulation is coming. He said, thou would have frightened one. But like a mother who is about to turn out the light, says gently to her child, lest he be frightened. He said, now, don't be afraid. For the light will go out and it will be dark. But remember that I'm here with you. No matter how dark it is, what is the Lord to try to comfort in us? Is not trying to say that I love you, you know, you don't have to go through it, I'll just pat you out like a baby. He said, it's going to be dark. It's going to, you're going to, you're going to go through those things. But remember that I'm here with you. As long as He's here with you, no matter what things they go through, no matter how dark it is, but He is here to go through with you. So he says, don't be afraid of man or what he can do to you. I'm with you. And my grace is sufficient for you. When you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. Not even in death are you defeated. You are more than conqueror. What a comfort that the Lord gave it to us. What a confidence that he showed to us. He said that not even death are you defeated. Death is the most fearful thing. You see, there's many ways of death. But there's only one way of living. It's not a how you die, but it's a how you live. Some people might die by the cancer. Some people might die in a car accident. Some people might die in a suicide. Some people might die in all kinds of ways. But it's not how you die, but it's how you live. There's hundreds of thousands of ways of the people to die. But there's only one way of living. There's a living in Christ and there's a living for Christ. None of those ways of death would do anything harm to the believer. No matter what way you died, but none of those ways of death will mean anything or determine any destination of a believer. The death doesn't determine the de- destination of a believer, but it's how you live will determine the destination of the believer. No matter what way that you died, but it's the one way that you lived that was to determine your destination. And you're thinking about those are a thief that was a diet on the cross. It's not his death that will determine his destination. It's not even before he nailed on the cross, the way that was his living determined his destination. What determined his destination is the last few seconds when he was a nail on the cross. That during it is a nail, when he was a nail on the cross, is that a few seconds that before the Lord, that he was a nail at the cross that is just beside of Jesus Christ. And when he was a nail down there, then the revelation come upon him and said to the, and then he said, the Lord, when you come to your kingdom, remember me. That few seconds of the word, that few seconds of revelation that had come upon him, that determined his destination. No matter what death that a sense are going through, that doesn't determine the destination of a believer. But it's the how he or she lived before it is the death that would determine the destination. 
And that behooves to us live a life of godly. Live a life that is living in Christ and living for Christ. And that is see, even when he was on the cross, that he seems like a, he was even, he lived a vile life. He lived like an evil life all his life when he was on earth. But in the last few moments when he was on the cross, that few moments determined his destination. Then I think about how our people, how behoove it to us that we need to live a life before the Lord. You know the people they're thinking about oh this person died that way, that person died that way. That means nothing. The prophet had died in that occurred accident, but he live a life in Christ and live a life for Christ. No matter what way you're dead, the way that you're living, that is the that's the way that really counts. And Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. He said, Amen, I have the keys of the hell and of death. You know, God gave the key to Peter for the kingdom of heaven. But he himself held the key of the hell and death. If the Satan cannot stop anyone, go to heaven. Because of the key that Peter had, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And for the remission of your sin. And uh, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If Satan cannot stop a person who believes that the key that Peter had on the Pentecost, how much more that Satan cannot drag a believer into hell? How much more Satan cannot make a believer to fear it about a death? Because Satan doesn't even possess the key to his own house. Jesus Christ held the key. Jesus Christ held the key of hell and the key of the death. Satan doesn't even have the key of death to jingle him before you. He'll only try to scare you. He doesn't even have the key to go back to his own house. But Jesus has that. That's why Paul said, Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? He said, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And the death, the death, he said, the sting of death is sin. But Jesus Christ, He pay the price for the sin. So the death has no sin. It cannot sin you anymore. And they said the strength of sin is the law. And the Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law. Then the law, even having no strength, the law cannot even bind you anymore. You're not under the law, but you're under the grace. And Paul said about thanks be to God, which given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. When the things that happen to you, be not afraid. The death cannot take you. The hell cannot take you. And the sin of a death cannot take you. Nothing is going to take the believer. And then that's why let us be steadfast and unmovable. And always abounding in the word of God. Let us refocus ourselves. Don't let a different thing to left and right and try to make you distracted. Let us be steadfast on the work of the Lord. 
What is the work of the Lord? Believe on Him that who sent it. That is the work of the Lord. Keep our focus on the right thing. Don't let anything else attract us anymore. But let us be abandoned in the work of the Lord. And the Satan has nothing can, can claim you. Because he doesn't own you. And the last time when I was preaching, the princess, prince of this world comes. But he has nothing in me. You see that Jesus Christ, he says that, he says that the prince of that, this world comes and he has nothing in him. If he has, a, if Satan has nothing in Christ, and he also have nothing that in the bride of Jesus Christ. Because the bride of Jesus Christ is coming from Jesus. They are the gene, the attributes of the Jesus Christ. And so, that means, that was talking about a ownership. Because if Satan have nothing can claim on us, that means he doesn't own us. And that means that we belong to another owner. You're not coming just from your mom and dad. You're coming from our dear Lord. You are the attributes of His thoughts. And you are the gene of God. And if you are the gene of the God, and the power that lays in that gene, no matter what happened, it will manifest it. There's a life that in that seed. And the brother Bram said in the mother's day, and he talked about the Ten Commandments, and that Cecile Demel has made, and he was speaking about it in the one of the sin, that in that um, uh, drama, he said that Moses had to find out he was a Hebrew, and he had decided to go dwell with his people. And there he said is, his once beautiful mother faded out with her gray hair and her wrinkled face, sitting in an old armchair, the typical mother. And the Pharaoh's daughter came in and he said, Who? then Moses said, whose son am I anyhow? He said, when he was brought to light, the Jochebed was his real mother, the daughter of a Pharaoh with her pens and so forth and fixed it up. She said, but look, he may be your son. Talk about a jo- Moses. He said uh, to the uh, Jochebed, his mother, he said, but look, he may be your son. But she said, I give him a wealth and splendor. You could have a, you couldn't, you could have a give him a nothing but a slime pit. But a gray headed mother said, but I give him a life. That makes the difference. I give him the life. And God give him the eternal life. You know that Satan can say the same thing to the believer of this message. He said, what is the message you give it to you? The message that you believe make the people against you. The message that you believe that it make you, uh, you cannot do what you want to do. The message that you believe make you the faith in the persecution. And in some of the, you are single mothers. Some of the, you, you were divorced. And you cannot marry it again. The devil will say to you, what is the message you give it to you? 
all this to give it to you. It seems like it's just a law after law after law. You can't do this, you can't do that. But you know, if the message can speak, which is the message it did speak, it said, I give you life. The devil maybe can give you the promotion. The devil can give you to the people that they can live whatever life that they can live. But the devil cannot give him, give you the life. Only the message of this hour that can give you the life. It's the life that's living in us that give us the dignity. Young people. If you really believe in the message, it's the message will give you the dignity. It's not that uh, you're going out there in the work or in the school or in different things and you try to hide yourself. If you let the message living in you, the message will live it as a life that is in you. The life that is in you will manifest it so that you can live and dignify the life. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to be the lower your privilege than the Lord that they give it to you. You don't have to just, uh, you know, try to uh, say, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. If you really have that life that living in you, believe that every word of God said, that word of God living in you will make you live a dignified life. It's like that a little slave that was coming from in Africa. And one, one, one day that the buyer that is coming said, I want to buy this slave. And the slave master said, no, he's not for sale. He said, this man, this is a slave that he was, um, stuck it out his chest and that he was, uh, just up ahead of doing the work and everything. And, uh, they said, what makes him is doing that? He said, uh, the, 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 uh, the owner said, I, first, uh, I don't know that either. But he said, after a little while, I find out, he said, this uh, young man who's a slave from Africa, but his daddy is the king of a tribe. Let us understand that we have a daddy who's the king. This not is the prince of this world, but it's the prince of the coming world. That he owns the other world. He is the king of the other kingdom. We belong to him and we don't belong to this world. When we realize who we are, know there's a life that's living in you. You can stuck it out your chest, live a dignified love. Don't lie to the devil, try to lie to you. Say that you're just a student, say that you are just a worker. You just live on this world and live a normal, mediocre life. You don't have to be that. There is a supernatural life that lives in the bride of Jesus Christ. But Abraham said, as Christ is the mystery of a God revealed. He said, and to be sure, the whole rapture now, Luther was a part, Wesley was a part, the prophets was a part. He said, just in the revelation that it was making up the body, feet, toes, arms, and so forth, until the head, which we get to that in a few minutes. See, that makes the entire rapture. It's the body of the word, which is Christ. Outside of that, you are lost. I don't care how good you are, or what your relationship is, or what your fellowship is, or what your organization is, you are lost outside, outside of that word being in you. What makes us different is the word that is living in you. 
It said, as the head was took from the grave, so must the body follow him back to Eden. He said, where the head of the family, the man, the bridegroom, the bride being the body of the bridegroom, must follow. The bride, because that's the head, and the head is revealed and come back with eternal life. And the body must follow that because it is the husband and the wife again. And as long as you are pregnant with the same word, which is his body, you've took his body become in you when you took the word. Not the creed, but the word. This is to tell what is your identification is. You're not, you're not just a church member, but you are the word made flesh. And then they say, he said, the body thereof cannot recognize any other headship but the word. Because the head is connected with the body. And the head is the word, and it's the same word, one headship. We don't have any other head. We only have a one head that is the word in this hour. If you are the body of Jesus Christ, there is a good news for you. The head right now is coming to claim the body of Jesus Christ. The head won't come to connect it with anything else. The head can only connect with the body of Jesus Christ. If you are the body of Jesus Christ, now the head is coming to claim you. The devil is trying to claim you, but he has no claim on you. Because you don't belong to him. This head, this man, this mind is not the original. The original head of Jesus Christ, the word is our mind. Thy mind has coming down to claim our body. It's not just our five cents. If you're just living on the five cents and try to use the five cents, the five cents will drive you crazy. But if you let a word become your mind, then a word will take in control. That head will become your head. Then he will direct you. And he will lead you whenever he wants you to go. It's this headship that we recognize. Is this head is coming down, is trying to claim you. It has to be the original one, original owner, when they come and claim us. Because the Satan is not the original owner of our gen, of our soul. But Christ, He is the original owner of our soul. And He only has the right to claim the bride of Jesus Christ. And the prophet said, you yourself are from a germ of life. He said, you came. One time you were just a teeny little germ. So small that couldn't be seen by the natural eye. He said, you came from your father. You're nothing. None of your mother's blood at all. The blood cell come from the male sex. And then from that germ, it becomes to multiply cells. Everything after its kind. A germ from the dog will bring forth dog. From a bird, a bird. A human, a human. That if I can say a bride, a bride. If you are the germ, you are the cell of God. What is the cell of God can multiply? It can only multiply God Himself. It's not going to multiply just a church member. It's not going to multiply just a denominational church member or even message church member. But He will multiply God Himself. Then he said, everything after its kind. 
He said that if nothing interrupts that, God's program, nothing interrupted, He will bring forth a perfect normal child. You know, devil can interrupt our body. He can interrupt our mind. The five sense that we have. He can even twist it. It can pervert it. But he cannot interrupt the cell, the gene of God. That doesn't belong to him. This physical body is belong to him. We're born in the sex. We're born a third our mom. And we're born in this sinful world. This corruptible body. But there is a soul that is in that corruptible body is not belongs to him. That soul is belongs to the original owner. That original owner is God himself. That's why Satan can come here and can make you sick. It can make you, your mind is sometime and you, you feel the pressure so much. You just don't know what to do. But the devil cannot do anything to the soul of the bride of Jesus Christ. He cannot claim that because he is not the original owner of it. But our God is the original owner. Then he said in the invincible union. He said you that's a union, spiritual union by the word. He said you are dead to those old husbands. You are born anew. Don't try to dig him up. He's dead. If you are born again, Christian, that little germ that was predestinated to you is word come on word, on word, on word, on word, and come into full statue of Christ. That's right. So he can come to get his bride. If there is a, you have a cell, if you have a, a gene that of a God in you, that gene can only multiply just word upon word upon word. That gene cannot multiply anything else but the word in this hour. He said the building and organization is not the way God stirs his spirit. He stirred his right into his word to make it live. And if you were ordained from the beginning of the earth to that word, every word will come right on top of the word. Like a human self will not have a one human self and the next cell of a dog, and the next cell of a cat, it will be human cell. But it's got to have a cell first to start with. If you have the cell of your father, your father's cell is not just grow uh, or become an adult uh, in the beginning right away. It has to be just one germ, one cell. And that little germ just start to multiply, multiply. As long as it's feeding into the right kind of nutrition, that cell will grow itself into adults. And a little baby will come out. And if you are the cell of God, if there is a cell of God, it's the worst cell of God. And it dropping it in you. And as long as you're feeding on the word, feeding on the word, that worst cell will multiply itself. And nothing gonna interrupt that. Amen. The things of the world might interrupt your body, might interrupt your mind, but it cannot interrupt that cell. That cell may be very small, very insignificant, but if you started right, if you were born again, had a new birth that is within you, that little cell, no matter how small that is, but when you're feeding on the word, that little cell will become a multiplied, it will become a perfect bride of Jesus Christ. He said, if it is the worst cell to start with, 
It says the other worst cells are ordained to make it a full body. If you started writing the message of this hour, if there is the right cell that was putting in you, you you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and that cell is going to be multiplied. If you started with the word cell, and then it will be the word upon word, word upon word, and God ordained to make it a full body. He predestinated you to be a, a full body. He predestinated you become a perfect bride of Jesus Christ. It must happen. And it has to happen. And no, nothing, no, nothing else can interrupt it, can stop it to happen. Why? Because that cell is the worst cell. Then he said, therefore, it's the word or nothing. He the word, how do you know it's right? He the word is vindicated. He the word properly vindicated is the headship. If we say that the head, which is Christ, is coming down. When the head was vindicated, he said that the head of the church, he is the word. The headship, he is a properly identified, identified, vindicated by his own spirit, being in the church itself, the person. Showing forth himself in vindication is to the direct proof to the entire body. God has vindicated this word. When he vindicated his word, that means this word is your head. This word is the headship. If we are the body of Jesus Christ, then the head is coming to claim this body, to be united with this body. No, no, nothing else can claim, but only the headship can coming down to claim this body. We are united under one vindicated headship. Brother Brandon said that that is Christ, the Word of God. That's why we said the message of this hour is Christ Jesus. He is a perfectly vindicated. No, nothing else is vindicated that this message has been vindicated. You go to the Baptist, you go to the Methodist or the Pentecost, where, where, where can you find the vindication? But only the vindication in this message. That shows the headship is here. That shows that the head has come. Then the body is not the headless body anymore. We don't have a, we don't use, don't have the direction, we don't know what to do. But now when the word of God in this hour come, that is the head coming down to unite it with you. He said, notice being personally identified by the original headship. He said, we have the answer to the devil's question. That showed to us the original owner is here. It used to be Satan owns this body. He tells this body to jump, but then this body jump. He tells this body to go to drink, and this body go to drink. He tells this body to go to smoke, and then this body go to smoke. But now he cannot tell this body anymore. Why? Because the original owner is here. He used to be the devil is the head, but he was to be beheaded. Now it is the original owner come. He is the headship. Why? Because there is a gene that is in this body. There is the worst cell that before the foundation of the world has to put in this body. 
Now the head is coming down to recognize, to claim. He said, you belongs to me. He said, Margaret, you belongs to me. He said, Ben, you belongs to me. You don't belong to that Satan anymore. I am the original owner. It's not how you can claim, how he has claimed to you. When he claimed to you, now you have a head. Now you can recognize. You can say, Lord, I know this word has been vindicated. I know who I am because the head has coming down to unite it with me. It's not just united with the general body. It's united with this body. This, this body. United with your body. Which part of my body is not a body? Is my hand is not my body? Is my feet is not my body? Every part of this is my body. There's nothing can be severed. If we said that the head can be united with the pride, the whole body, the head also united with his hand. If this hand is not united with the body, how can I make this hand move? If the, if the feet is not united with this hand, how can I make that feet move? But now, when a head will united with the body, the head can direct every member of that body. Even you are the smallest part, you are still connected with the head. Even you are insignificant parts that are in the body, you are still connected with the head. The head can still give you instruction. No matter how weak you are, the head can still tell you, you be strong. You feed on the word, the word will make you strong. You maybe you become a cold, you become a formal, but as long as you connected with the head, the head will instruct you, said, now that a fervency come, that a seal of a God come. Why? Because you are a member of that body, and that member of the body has a direct connection with the head, which is the word in this hour. He said, we're united under one vindicated headship. That is the Christ, the word of a God. Then the prophet said, the note is being personally identified by the original headship. We have an answer to devil's question. The headship, the message is coming down to claim us. He is telling us, Christ is telling us that He is the original owner. The squatter cannot squat on the land anymore. Because the original owner had come. And He has claimed that we belongs to Him. He said, you are mine. You don't belong to Satan anymore. You don't belong to the world anymore. You don't belong to the drug you don't belong to the cigarettes. You don't belong to the movie. You don't belong to the lust. You don't belong to those Those things that cannot control you anymore. Why? Because the original owner is here. He claims you. He said, you belong to me. He is the headstone. When the headstone come, what does the headstone say? Grace, grace unto it. It's not by what you did, but it's by what He's already done. Amen. 
That's why in the invisible union, Brother Bram said that you are wearing the wedding band of a predestinated, unmerited of grace. A wedding band of a grace, unmerited of your own. God did it Himself. He knew you before the foundation of the world. So He slipped the wedding band, wedding band on you there. Put your name on a book. What a thanksgiving. I know I'm quoting it out a lot. But the reason I do this, I want you to hear, this is the prophet has said to you. This is the headship that said to you. This is not just a certain person. This is not just a Murphy Wong said to you. But this is the head. Now he's speaking to you. He said, I put that unmerited wedding band on you. It's not what you did. I coming down to claim you. If he doesn't come to claim you, you cannot even claim anything. You have no claim coming. But because he come to claim you, and now you can claim him too. He said, a headstone cry what? Grace, grace. Pass from death and cried into a living word of the living God. Sit it now in heavenly places. In present tense. Already alive. And subject to every promise in the word. You are subject to every promise that in the word. If you needed a healing, healing is here for you. Why? Because the original owner is here. The head is here. If you need a deliverance, the head is here. You can be delivered. What is the, what is the cloud come in Arizona sky there? It's the white wicked one, Brother Brandon said. What is the white wicked means? That means that he's the supreme authority. It's not just only a head come, but a white wicked head has come. That means that he's the high, he's the high, he's the authority. That means that he's the last to see. That means that he has the final word. No matter who else said what, he got to the final word. And he already gave it a sentence, said you are free, you are innocent. Devil cannot accuse you anymore. You don't have to be condemned by the Satan's accusation anymore. Because the highest authority has come. The head has already here. And that head was the head of white wig on it. He told us, I have the last say. Devil have another the last say. You don't even have the last say. But in the white wig of Jesus Christ, he has the last say. He said, you are the spotless bride of Jesus Christ. He said, I come to claim you. How can he claim an immature bride? How can he claim there is a little baby? He come to claim a mature bride. Even the head is already here. There is a mature bride right on this earth. Then he said, we have Satan's answer. God has vindicated himself. God approved himself to his promise in this day. He said, hallelujah, the headship is here. He said, what is it? Not them people. The headship and the body has become a one unit. And we stand justified in Christ before him because he cannot pass judgment for he's already judged that body in which I am a part of. When he come to claim you, 
And then you can come to claim Him. Because the claim, it has to be on the two, uh, on the two sides. When a eagle mama, when a mama eagle come to claim the uh, little eaglet, and he said to the e- little eagle, said, you are my son. You don't belong to this chicken coop. You don't belong to this uh, clucking clucking. You don't belong to the just uh, try to pick up a little worm here, try to pick up a little worm there. He said, you belongs to me. What is that little, what that little eagle do? That little eagle has to rise up to claim what's that it claimed him. He has to rise it up. He has to jump and so that he can fly it out of the way with that mother eagle. You know, you have to do the same thing. God come to claim you. He said that you belongs to me. You don't belongs to this earth. You don't belongs to the Satan's trick. You don't belongs to all the Satan's lie. He said you belongs to me. I am the truth. What you need to do, you need to jump up a little higher to claim the one that claimed to you. Let me try to write up, wrap up over here. And we saw that the Bible is talking about this religion. And he was in such a hopeless condition. But yet, during that condition, those thousands of thousands of demons has come and claimed this body. Claim this uh, person. We don't have the name of him. He just got, he just got a name called Legion. And when the demon claimed him, but you see, no matter how many demons are there, they can claim his body. They can claim his mind. They can claim everything. But they couldn't claim the gene that's in that legion. They can make him a cuss. They can make him do all kinds of things. And even the break of the chain. But he couldn't get a hold of the gene. He couldn't get a hold of the soul that's in that legion. That soul is still crying out for deliverance. Brother Brahma said, he said, he said, he care when the neurotic called the legion cared enough. He said, under opposition, to wiggle out from under those tombstones of devils and go out to meet Jesus and throw himself or prostrate. When legion, them devils would have never come if legion hadn't have pushed his way out there to meet him. When Jesus come to claim, you have to also come to claim Him. You cannot just sitting there and just uh, pretending there's a nothing happened. The claiming is on the both side. If Jesus claim comes across the sea to claim this religion, this religion, no matter how many demons on Him and possess Him, he must wiggle out of the tombstone to claim Jesus Christ. I was thinking, what a claim that is. When we're thinking claim, we're thinking we're strong. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I claim the, the privilege that you give it to me. Lord, there's nothing on this earth can hold me anymore. But you're thinking about this legion. 
He claim, his claim is so weak. His body was so possessed by demons. And even when he moved out, this legion was still cussing, still cursing that in his mouth. This legion still was possessed by the demons. The demon even used his mouth and said to Jesus, he said, why did you come to me? Why did you come before the time come and try to take us to this hell? Why did you try to do that? You see, his mouth, his whole being still was controlled by demon. But a demon cannot control his soul. Amen. It's that soul that is the claiming that Jesus Christ. Yes. It's that soul that was crying out yes. and asked the Lord to deliver him. And Jesus never heard his mouth saying, but Jesus heard that was in this soul was claiming. Yes. Brother Bram says a legion, he has to wiggle out from the tombstone. This legion in a, such a hopeless condition, in a, such a worse condition, probably more than anybody that's living in here. But you see, no matter what situation that you are in, but Jesus come to claiming you. He's the original owner of you. He, he's the original owner of that religion. No matter what it on the outside, He's not looking at your outside. He's looking at the soul that belongs to Him. You know, young people, you don't belong to this world. The people that's the backside, the people that live in the world, you don't belong to this world. You don't belong to alcohol. You don't belong to drugs. You don't belong to lust. You belong to the original owner. There is the one soul that the Jesus Christ has come to claim. Those Satan, those demons, they can control the legions, the whole physical body, but they couldn't control his soul. That soul, that cell that's in them, that gym that is in that legion, it has a, such a power, even make that a legion possessed, demon, uh, the demon possessed the legion, that it wiggle out of his tombstone. I wonder if there are any legions here that can wiggle out of your tombstone. They talk about the soul of a person. You know, Satan might be controls your body. Satan might be control your reasoning. He might control your imagination. He might control a lot of things. He might control the whole being of you. But I want you to understand that Satan cannot control your soul. He cannot control that attributes that belongs to Jesus Christ. No matter what situation that you're in, let a musician come. No matter what, uh, how difficult it, that seems like. But you see, Jesus never looks at what is on the outside of the legion. Jesus only come to look at the one thing because they hear the cry of that the soul that in the demon possessed the legion. I wonder if you have the soul cry for Jesus Christ. I wonder if some of us recognize the headship has here. The headship is coming here. It's not just to make us feel better. 
the headship is coming here, is try to claiming you. Claiming no matter what situation that you are in, that He comes said that you don't belong to those things. He said that you belong to me. I am the original owner. You know what a wonderful thing that is, to know who you belong to. It's not to know how mighty you are, how, you know, much able you are, how sincere you are. It's to know who you belong to. If you realize when this message come, when a word in this hour has come, and coming personally to you, he was trying to say to you, you belongs to me. I am the original owner. You don't have to be a sinner anymore. You don't have to be trodden by Satan anymore. It's not that you can oh, try to overcome this, you try to overcome that. You cannot overcome anything. But He already overcome for you. But He has to take you to realize who you belongs to. If you realize, if God has revealed that to you, you belongs to Him. He is the original owner. He come to come to deliver you. And then you can claim Him. It's like this religion. He was in a, such a tragedy. In a, such a condition. But he realized who he belongs to. There is a, something that's a crying in him. That he's crying for deliverance. Let us stand. You know, devil is always nervous. It's not you nervous. It's actually the devil is always nervous. The reason he nervous, because he realized some of you, you are different than you appear to be. He can control your body, but it seems like no matter how he tried to satisfy your body, but you still cannot be satisfied fully. He tried to drink, he tried to let you do this, he tried to let you to watch things you shouldn't watch, he tried to let you think things, he tried to do a lot of things. But you know why the Satan was nervous? Because no matter what he tried to put before you, it seems like just nothing satisfies you. And some of you probably was dragged over here for the meeting, for the service. Maybe you are coming here just because your parents was coming here. And maybe you are coming here having all kinds of thoughts was flooded that is in you. But you see, something has pulled you over here. And that makes Satan nervous. Because he can control a lot of people on this earth, on this outside of the world. But there is a something power that is lazy that the person make you wants to come over here. Or whatever way that you're coming over here, you're sitting over here, you listen. You know, Satan get nervous when he saw you, when there's an altar call, when there's a God was speaking, and then you just, uh, maybe your mind was so confused, and maybe your, your mind was trying to telling you different things, but something down in your soul, it said to you, I want to give my heart to the Lord. Something that was the yearning, something that was longing. Lord, uh, there's something that's desiring for you, but uh, Lord, I don't know how to get it. That makes Satan nervous. 
Sometime you find that a person, they come into the church, they come to the service, and that the word of God is speaking to them. And that they're holding their feast, they're holding their feast. And finally, and that they just uh, even come, their, their hand was getting sweated. I remember when I first came into the church, I remember that at one time I was uh, sitting there, and then when the preacher was uh, preaching, my heart was lonely, my heart was yearning. But you know what the preacher asked? Then who wants to give their heart to the Lord? I was sitting over there, and I wouldn't want to come. I wouldn't want to come. And I finally come to a point, I run out of the church. I run to the bathroom. I'm sitting down there. And I was sweating coming out of me. I don't want to give my heart to the Lord. But you know what? There was something in the heart that was desiring. Satan even can make me come out of the church. Go and sit down on the toilet there. But he cannot control the soul that is in me. Satan can control a lot of things. But he cannot control your soul. That's where we bow our head. I know this is a little broken message. But it's not depending on how the person can speak. It depends on how your heart condition is. You know, as I said in the beginning, it's not how you die really matters. But it's how you live that really matters. Are you in a condition that you're not in your ought to be? Are you still a sinner? Are you still not reconciled with this beloved Lord Jesus yet? Are you still confused? Are you still not sure your condition? If you die today, where are you going? You know, three weeks ago, I was here and I preached the service. Some of you probably realize at that time I was trying to close the service I didn't even sing the song and I tried to close the service I tried to close but I couldn't close something in me just said to me don't you do that it said you must give the people a chance and I'm so glad I did that and a few days ago, a few days later one of our dear brother passed away. And then I even talked to Brother Tom afterward. Brother Tom talked to me. He said to Brother Murphy, he said, when you try to close the service, he said, I said in my heart, if Brother Murphy closed the service without having an altar call, I'm going to come behind him and call the altar call. And he said, I'm so glad you did it. And at the same time, Brother Ed was in the room there, in the office. And he saw that when I was closing the service, and then Brother Ed said it in the office, said, Oh, Brother Murphy, don't do that. People want to stay. People want to stay. Do you believe God's still talking? It's not depending on who that person is or what that person is. God's still calling. He still want to say to you, I am the head. I am your original owner. 
Young people, you give yourself too much to this world. Older people are like, you spend too much time on the things that's not eternal. You give yourself too much on the things that's all going to be destroyed. Why are you doing that? The original owner is here. He owns you. He coming down. He wants to unite it with your body. As we bow our head, I wonder if there is any person here that you are not right with God. And you want to raise up your hand and to show a sign to God that Lord, I want to be reconciled with you. Lord, my life is not in all to be. Lord, I'm not in the right condition with you. Lord, I don't know if I have a born again head. I don't have that experience with you, Lord. But Lord, something down in my heart, I'm longing for you. Something down in my heart, I'm desiring you. Satan has got a hold on me long enough. He has controls me. He let me do the things that are wrong. He let me say the things that are wrong. He let me look at the things that is wrong. He let my life will be so messed up, so twisted it up. I feel I'm like that's a legion. But Lord, I want to wiggle it out of that tombstone. Lord, if you care enough to come on a Sunday morning in such a simple way, and try to speak to our people. I wonder if there is any legion here, and they can be carried enough. I said to the Lord, Lord, you come to claim me, and I'm come to claim you. I wiggle out my my tombstone, and I claim you belongs to me, and I belongs to you. And then Jesus casted out all the demons out of this legion. This legion cannot cast it out himself. This legion cannot cut his cigarettes. This legion cannot stop lying. This legion cannot stop the pornography. This legion cannot stop doing anything of those because there's too many demons on him. But all these demons, no matter what they do, they cannot control his soul. If the demon cannot do to that legion in those days, if you wiggle out of your tombstone, the demon cannot do you either. But Christ can cast out every one of them and set you free. Let us bow our head. Oh, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, I commit those souls to you, Lord. You know every one of their condition. Lord, it doesn't take uh, how eloquent that a man can speak. Lord, it doesn't take a shouting or screaming. It doesn't take uh, uh, how um, a meeting was, uh, will be like. But Lord, it just take Lord one word from you to a sincere heart. Lord, it can set a person free. 
Father, I just pray, let your Holy Spirit, at this uh, quiet moment, that will go into each heart, whoever that this is for, whoever this heart is not ready, Lord, may they realize this is their time, Lord. May the Spirit of God just drop in to the heart that's a yearning and longing to you. Lord, Satan has no hold on them. Because Satan doesn't own their soul. But Lord, you are the original owner. Lord, you own every one of those people. Because they are yours. Lord, they are, their name is on the book. But Lord, they don't realize it. But Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit reveal yourself to each one of them. Lord, I ask them to raise up their hand. Some maybe they should have raised up their hand, but they didn't raise up their hand. But Lord, may their heart as an altar, so that they can open up this altar, put themselves on the altar, and let a fire of a God coming down to consume each one of them, Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, we believe you. Lord, you are the one that can deliver. You're the one that can heal. And Lord, you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I just commit everyone into your hands. Lord, as we give our heart to you, Lord, I just pray you do a research in every heart of the brother and of my sister, Lord. Lord, we search deep in our heart. Lord, this is the time of sincerity, Lord. This is the time of seriousness. Lord, each day, Lord, we just feel the closing, the date of the coming of the Lord to become so closing to us. Lord, every day, it's just getting a little, Lord, earlier, a little closer, and then a little closer. Lord, it just behooves us to search our heart every day, turn over stone every day to make ourselves ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we believe it, it won't be long. Oh, beloved Lord Jesus, what a coming and to take us as a bride away. Lord, I wonder if we have a make ourselves ready. But Lord, I believe this message come is to make us ready, Lord. Lord, you will be cell upon cell. It will be word upon word because of what we received is the word cell. Lord, what we received is not the man's idea. What we receive is not uh, some people's uh, idea, some people's doctrine. But Lord, what we received is the mind of God in this hour. Lord, I pray that you take it every person that in your hands. Lord, you claim them. Lord, may they claim you. Lord, as we dismiss the service, Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit is leading everyone. Lord, even this afternoon. Lord, when they're in their home, in their fellowship, may the presence of God just draw near to them and speak dearly to their heart and manifest yourself in the reality to each one of us. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we sing, We're Not uh, not the Safe? Uh, what is the, the song? I no longer